is 1.37 p.m. Stories of hustle and grind from the intersection of culture, style, music, and sports. Frankie Grande, welcome to the 1.37 p.m. podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm your host, Brian Anthony Hernandez, and you are an actor, singer, Broadway vet, reality TV show alum, and the co-founder of the Broadway in South Africa nonprofit arts organization. Yes. All true. Yeah. So welcome and happy new year. Thank you so much. Happy new year. Can you believe it's 2019? I'm obsessed with 2019. Yeah. It's so much better than 2018 already. It looked like you rang it in in a fun way. I certainly did. Crop top, drag queens. Oh my God. Yeah. I I barely kept that top on it. Anyway, (laughs) uh, that came off real fast. Where was Uh, that? Was that here in New York? I was at therapy. So we rented out therapy and I had all my favorite New York City drag queens come and perform uh, with me and we I hosted the show and I performed as well and it was just the most fun I had all my best friends in the room and then I beamed it streamed it out to you know everyone from all across the globe is great because people were like I'm in Ireland it's already it's already New Year's here and it was just really cool to celebrate like with the world and also bring drag to a lot of my fans who mm-hmm. like you know may, uh, really don't understand the club art form of drag. Mm-hmm. You know, Drag Race is is a wonderful depiction of drag, but it's not the full experience of like being in a New York City club and seeing these queens destroy it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? In an intimate kind of setting and do their shtick. So it's very is very um it's very cool. Drag queens in a way are entrepreneurs. Like if you look at Absolutely. The super professional ones like Shangela, who Shangela's my best friend. Yeah. And she is absolutely, she is so entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. She manages other drag queens as well, as in addition to having she is the longest, she had the largest and longest um single drag queen show ever in history on her tour, this pre- most yeah. recent tour. She went the to, biggest I think, of all like time. 185 shows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Doing promo for yep. Stars Born. Yes. Oh yeah. Busy. By the way, <laughs> she she. I'm gonna say it. She outwalked Lady Gaga on every single catwalk, and I have no problem saying that because she looks so fierce. <laughs> She's a professional. She is she a professional fish. <laughs> That's what she would call herself. Mm-hmm. All right. So you rolled into the the new year on a high note, having mm-hmm. released a beautiful cover of Seasons of Love from the musical Rent. Thank you. Um, that cover, which already has 1.5 million views, mm-hmm. features your sister Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to know why did you cover this Broadway classic and how did you rope in Ariana for it? Well, um, interestingly, it came because Rent asked me to do it. Rent Rent Live, um, the show that's going to be premiering at the end of this month, I yep. think, um, it asked me if I would sing Seasons of Love on my YouTube channel. I was like, absolutely. Sure. Of course, why not? It's my favorite song from the show, arguably, actually. I, I, Halloween is my favorite song from the show. But um, that's my second favorite song. And uh, I was like, sure, I'll do it. And then I was like, I need to rent a studio. I need to get somebody to vocal produce me. And then I was like, uh, wait a second. Uh, my sister happens to be very good at vocal production. Like she she always um, produces her own vocals mm-hmm. on any on any single album. She's always uh, comping herself. So I was like, and knows exactly how to run the whole studio and everything. So I was like, Ariana, would you help me out? And she was like, absolutely. And then of course, when she was in the room, she was like, I'm singing on it. And I was like, okay, I would love that so much. And it became our first brother sister like collaboration. And it was so beautiful because like we've always, you know, dreamt of like what that would be like, Mm -hmm. like what it would look like. And, you know, it happened in such a beautiful and organic way. And I think the video really captures the beautiful spirit and essence of what the project was and what it was like to be in that room. It was so magical. 
what was the best feedback you got from it? Maybe from a relative or um, um, someone close to you? The best feedback, well, my mother started weeping uncontrollably. And she was weeping on FaceTime when we played it for her uh, from the studio. She was weeping uh, when she saw the music video. Uh, she just is so overwhelmed that like her two children came together to create this beautiful piece of art. Um, and it was really lovely. And uh, that, that was definitely the best, the best feedback for sure. And also just the people around the world that were just like, wow, like you really like made me smile and during the holidays, which are like tough times for mm -hmm. people. Holidays, like it's called holidays, which is like, makes you think of like holly and joy and laughter, but it's a lot of sadness and a lot of lonely people mm -hmm. that like don't feel great around this time of year. So um, it was a beautiful way to remind people that the way to measure your life is through love. Yeah. It's not through diapers, report cards, spoke wheels, and speeding tickets, dollars, you know, contracts and funerals and births. It's measure in love. And um, it was a really nice way to kind of remind everyone to do that. And that was kind of like the secondary, the silver lining that I, I didn't even think about that when I was, yeah. you know, doing it until I was singing it in the room with those people. And we all got so emotional, like just singing it in the room. Like we got, everyone was crying. It was really beautiful. And Seasons of Love, the message in that song is really in line with kind of like the mantra you've been living by lately, shine brighter, mm. shine bright. Yeah. Um, how are you taking that mantra into 2019 to accomplish what you want to do? Well, I think the thing about shining bright is the way to do it is actually to have a spiritual connection and like a foundation um, in self-care mm -hmm. and in like taking care of yourself is the only way you can shine bright to inspire others to do the same. You know, if you're not taking care of yourself and you're shining bright, then it, it's forced and it's not real. So my mantra of shine bright is going to get even brighter, I would say in 2019 by like, you know, just really putting the emphasis on self-care and making sure that I'm okay at all times. You know, I'm a year and a half sober, which mm -hmm. is incredible. Congrats. Thank you so much. And, um, you, you know, year and a half in two weeks, actually. Um, and that's, I must always be working on myself in order to maintain my sobriety. And that's like the, the cornerstone of my entire life. All my relationships rest on my sobriety, all of my business endeavors, and um, all of my ability to help another person or help inspire another person rests on that. So self-care is gonna be super important in 2019 mm -hmm. for me uh, to make sure that I'm shining my brightest and so that I can help others do the same. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit more about that sobriety because that's a big accomplishment. And um, when you do that, a lot of things change in your personal life, but also in your professional life. Amen. Um, how have things evolved for you and where, what state of mind are you in right now? Um, I feel like in a lot of my anxiety while all of a sudden I'm aware that I have anxiety, which I wasn't when I was drinking um, because I would just mask it, um, is getting better. You know, like I'm aware that I have it, but also like I'm capable of diminishing it, which allows me to embark on other forms of business ventures or other forms of um, career or even self, other other pathways that I never would have walked down because of fear. I have less fear 
I wake up every morning and I'm like, cool, what's the day going to bring? And whatever the day brings, I can handle it. I have the tools to handle whatever the world will throw at me. And 2018 has thrown some crazy things at me and I still handle them all sober. So knowing that, I walk into 2019 with a lot less fear and anxiety over the unknown. That's powerful. Thank you. And um, speaking of some of those business ventures that you're going to tackle this year, one of them is bringing back your one-man show, Live Yay. in La Vida Grande. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. That's um, at the end of this January yeah. um, at the Green Room in New York City. Mm -hmm. Green Room um, 42. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's that show about and how have you taken kind of the personality that people fell in love with online onto, onto the stage with you? Um, so the first version of Green, my Living La Vida Grande did come right after big brother actually if i if i'm correct and um it's been a show that's been around for a while but I, we keep updating it so this is the first we're bringing it back to new york i think for the first time in like maybe three years uh so a lot of my life has changed there will be a lot of different elements uh, incorporated into the show this time that weren't in the last version and um how do i translate so if you do follow me on social media, you know that I'm very eclectic, mm -hmm. that every post is like completely different from the last post. Like you never know what I'm going to do next. And um, hopefully you know that I'm talented somewhere in there. But if you don't, uh, you can come find out at the live show that I'm a you know trained singer, dancer, mm -hmm. actor. Um, so I get to kind of like take my very eclectic style of posting on social media um, and do like comedy, do poignant pieces um, and just do um, plain old Frankie. Um, I say plain old, like anything about me is plain or old <laughs> that neither of those things are true. Um, but I'm very excited about just bringing like this crazy bubbly person to the stage and showing you guys all the, the multifaceted nature that is me multifaceted yeah. being that is Frankie Grande. Well, you're definitely living your best life in your 30s. Oh, yeah, it's work. Same. Yes. Um, Come on, 30s. Are you going to keep Shine Bright? Yes. Rihanna's diamond in there? Yeah, Shine yeah. Bright like a Frankie. Like Will, Frankie, right. yes. Actually, it's so interesting because I was thinking, I had a vision last night about changing, not making that the opening number. Mm -hmm. And immediately I was like, no, you have to make it. You have to keep it. Yeah. Like, I can't not do that you know it's like a, it's staple it's a classic it's part of the show yeah. so um that will stay as the opening number for sure is one of your goals to get ricky to a show has he been ricky martin ricky martin oh my god if he was at my show i would just melt i love that man uh desmond <laughs> child came uh who wrote living la vida yeah. loca so um he came to the very first one that i did at the lord beachman theater um that was before big brother had to be john eric was it before Big Brother? Had to be. I think it was. Um, but Desmond came, which was awesome. Uh, if Ricky Martin came, yeah, I would lose my mind. <laughs> I love him so much. Well, speaking of Ricky, Big call me. Call him Ricky. <laughs> I want to see that happen. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Big Brother, mm -hmm. um, inquiring minds want to know, mm -hmm. um, is the bromance still going with I Zach? I actually saw Zach like some, at some point, a couple, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe? We had coffee. It was nice to catch up with him. Yeah, is is we're. I mean, I, we still text. We're it's definitely still friendly, for sure. What did appearing on that reality show and s some other ones like on MTV and on Amazon do for your career? Um, well, Big Brother launched my career into, you know, the stratosphere. Really, like it made me like a, 
um, more of a household name, I'd say. Mm -hmm. And that was um, something that YouTube was on the cusp of maybe doing for me, but it really, Big Brother really launched me. So um, it totally made me um, able to return to Broadway. It made me um, able to to do my show on Amazon, like just that kind of um, notoriety. And then to work consistently ever since. Like I haven't really stopped working since Big Brother happened. Uh, so I'm very blessed and I love that show. I love that show. I want to go back on it, but I want to go on All Stars and I want to go on Celebrity because I think it would be unfair, but I want to go on All Stars and I want to destroy all-stars and win all-stars also there should have been all-stars like how was season 20 of big brother not yeah. all-stars that makes no sense it was the most disappointing season just because it wasn't all-stars it seems like they have to wait till 25 now yeah it's gonna be weird i don't know we'll see what happens to the show but um yeah i mean i did celebrity in london mm -hmm. i mean i would definitely do celebrity here don't get me wrong but i feel like if you were to offer me celebrity or all-stars i'd choose all-stars yeah, yeah. Well, we'd be rooting for you when you get on there. <laughs> also, I want to play with players. Yeah. I feel like I'd be so annoyed on Celebrity because half the people on Celebrity last year quit. Literally six people were like, this is too tough. I was like, it's day four. What do you mean it's too tough? Would you use the Meta same world piece? Would you use the same strategy or like some something, bring something new? I would completely revamp my game. Nice. Yeah, have to. Yeah. I'm, I, you, everyone knows who I am. Mm -hmm. Half my strategy was lying about who I was. <laughs> so that, that can't, can't do that again. Yeah. Oops. I'm like, I'm Frankie Velasquez. Don't pay attention to me. Ha ha. I'm definitely not the one that's been on this show before. Ha ha. <laughs> Can you imagine? That wouldn't work, I don't think. Velasquez is a great name, though. I have no idea where I came up with that. Isn't that a real person? Frankie no. Velasquez. Velasquez? I don't know. I, I was thinking about Vasquez from mm. Aliens, actually. Yeah. That's where my head went to. I was like, oh, Vasquez. <laughs> and then I added Velasquez in there. I don't know. This is how my brain works. Welcome. <laughs> it's a crazy merry-go-round. <laughs> All right. So you mentioning merry-go-round reminds me of the Ferris wheel at Coachella. <gasps> and last night while I was doing research for this interview, Coachella decided to release their lineup with a very special headliner. Yeah. Ariana. Yeah. Who's now only the fourth woman ever to headline to and the headline. youngest person and the ever. youngest person ever headline Coachella. I was most surprised by you not ever going to Coachella though. I've never been to Coachella. I've been waiting for my sister to headline and now I'm going and I'm so excited. I literally every single year people are like, are you going to Coachella? Like is my sister headlining? <laughs> and they're like, no. And I was like, well then I'm not going. <laughs> I have absolutely zero desire to go to Coachella. And now I've never been more excited about anything in my entire life. Like did, you, did you have any clue she was doing it? Did she? Yeah, of course. Yeah. She told me and she well. swore me to secrecy. <laughs> and I was like, I'm not going to say anything or tell anyone. She was like, don't tell anybody. And then, of course, she posted like two hours later. <laughs> yeah. Everyone pretty much kept it under wraps because a lot of rumors were out there and she wasn't part of it, which was exciting to see when when it was finally announced. Yeah, it was super awesome. I was very, very excited. Uh, I am, am very, very excited. All right, I told my sister, I was like, great, I'm I'm gonna start collecting every piece of leather that has rhinestones on it in the entire city. <laughs> and I'm gonna start like like adding, I, I mean, I'm gonna be naked the whole time. Like, <laughs> let's be honest, Frankie Grande doesn't wear clothes. If you're watching, if you're listening to this and you want some visual proof, just go to my Instagram, at <laughs> Frankie J Grande, I don't wear clothes. Um, so it's gonna be very cool. And it's in the desert, so it's yeah. like an excuse not to wear anything. Yeah, and I'm doing a pro uh, collaboration with The Fluid Project coming up this year, which is uh, the first um, non-gender store right. ever. Um, 
uh, like the whole store is non-gendered, which is fantastic. And it's in New York City, and I'm doing a um, collaboration with them for World Pride. And they have some really awesome, awesome outfits that I can, well, quote unquote outfits, like mm -hmm. non-existent clothing outfits that I'm probably going to end up letting them exclusively dress me for Coachella. Whoa, that's cool. They have one storefront here in New York, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. the And it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Have you been there? I haven't yet, but oh, I really want to. Cool space. I go to stores and like sometimes, like I, I shopped for a hat recently and I really like this hat in the, the women's section. And they're like, oh, it's a women's hat. I was like, I don't yeah. care. It's the hat. No, that is exactly. It looks what, good. That's what fluid <laughs> is. Yeah. yeah. It's just, it's a hat. Yeah. They're shoes. Sizing is sometimes difficult, yeah. but because designers design things still with, you know, a man or a woman in mind. Mm -hmm. But like, it's interesting to see that like completely be stripped down. And like the fluid stuff that they design and that I'm designing with them is not designed for gender. It's just designed for people. So I'm really excited for that. Yeah. Awesome. And another group that you work very closely with is the Los Angeles LGBTQ Center. Yes, I love um, them. The LA LGBTQ yeah. Center. So you're a huge advocate for the community. Yes. What are you going to do in 2019 to continue to uplift? I'm going to do the AIDS life cycle again, mm -hmm. which will raise money for the LA LGBT Center. Um, and, you know, continue to I'm doing a lot around world pride. I think it's really important uh, in this administration, during this administration, to be as loud as humanly possible and be as vocal as humanly possible because I feel like it's very easy to be like, eh, we'll wait for the next president to, you know, for things to get better. And it's like, nah, that's not how it works. You gotta be loud and proud now so that we can get a next president in two years and not in six years. Like we need to speak up now. Mm -hmm. Like if you're all are gay, like be gayer this year. 20, let's let 2019 be the year of gayest, <laughs> gayest year ever. I like that. Last year was 20 gay teen. This year is just 20 just gayer. To 2019 gayest, <laughs> gayest. Just be super gay. Um, yeah, so I mean, and a lot of people are not in a place where they are capable of being super gay, you know? Mm -hmm. There's still a lot of jobs out there that don't want you to be gay. There's a lot of people out there that are so discriminatory against gay people. So it's my responsibility as someone who's in a place, not only in the public eye, but also in a place where in my life, like I, I can be as loud and vocal about the way that I love mm -hmm. as humanly possible. So I'm going to continue to do that for the community mm -hmm. and hopefully inspire some people that are, you know, living in red states yeah. that like they can also be gay and they can. And if they're in a situation where, you know, they're not comfortable being who they are, then maybe they can get out of it. And maybe you can find your chosen family and then maybe mm -hmm. they will make you feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a difficult time out there. It's like, I feel like we've almost gone backwards. Um, and I feel like we need to move forwards instead of backwards, you know? Yeah, a lot of people last year in places where they had platforms like yours were very vocal and very, um, they held their elected officials accountable. And that showed in the in the voting booth. Um, and I think this year, yes, there were so many. Yeah, and there were a lot of LGBT people elected too, which yeah. I think was really great in the midterms. Um, and that's a really strong step in the right direction in my eyes. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, so you've performed in Mamma Mia and Rock of Ages, mm -hmm. as well as produced some on Broadway and off Broadway shows. Mm -hmm. um, what did you learn about show business from doing both of those things? Um, what did I learn about show business? I learned that show business is very political as well. 
Like there's a lot of politics that go into being in a Broadway show, especially a long running mm -hmm. Broadway show. Um, and also a lot of politics that go into producing a Broadway show and a lot of politics that go into who gets nominated for the Tony Awards and a lot of politics yeah. into who get wins the Tony Awards. Like I was overwhelmed by it all, to be honest. Like I was like, I just want to sing. I just want to dance. Can't we just all have a good time? <laughs> and it's like, no, you got to work uh, the the backside angles as mm -hmm. well. Um, and that kind of did break my heart a little bit and it kind of made me a little bit disenfranchised with the whole business. But um, I ended up finding the shows that I do like believe in and like have a really good time in. Like I mean, Rock of Ages was an amazing experience. Mm -hmm. And like I performed in Cruel Intentions this year and Titanic this year. And I also realized like I want to originate stuff. Yeah. You know, like I want to be the first person that does this role. Um, and so I've really enjoyed working in shows like Titanic where um, if it moves forward to, you know, off Broadway or Broadway, like I'll be the first person that does it. And that's really cool and exciting to me. Um, and I have rediscovered my love of theater also because like I can create my own shows and create my own content. And that's really special, you know, and I have to remember that too. Like it's like, I don't only have to be part of the machine. Yep. I can create my machine yep. and do it the way that I want to do it. And um, I love it. I love that freedom, too. Do you get um, a lot of free time to kind of just sit down and think of these type of shows that you want to create? It's interesting. I constantly occupy myself. Yeah. So if I and the times that I create is when I it's completely random, like I get struck by inspiration and then I have to start writing. Like I'll just start writing a blog or I will literally outline an entire show and like I'm not really the type of person I can sit down and force myself to create and I will but it's so much more fun when it happens just like on a plane I do a lot of writing on a plane actually I'm like I'll be like mm, should I watch um like what's it like any action movie that's on on a plane like a billion for my six thousandth time <laughs> should I watch skyscraper again or should I like actually like write this blog that's like been like at the tip of my mind and then I'll write it and I'll feel so great about mm -hmm. the, the act and the art of creation um so yeah it's, inspiration strikes me and then I have to do it same thing with posts I'm like oh my god I have to post right now oh my god I took the best selfie. I have to post about it. And then I have to write something about it. Or like, I'll be like, something will inspire me on the street. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to write a whole post about sobriety right this very, very second. Like the other night when I was like at a club and somebody was like, hey, do you have drugs? And I was like, no, I'm sober. I've been sober for a year and a half. And they were like, cool. And I was like, thanks. Danced away from each other. Yeah. And I was like, what a cool experience. I saw your tweet about that. Yeah. Place. Like I was yeah. like, I have to share this with the world because mm -hmm. I was like, it, what a cool experience. A, to be like clubbing. Mm -hmm. Like I've been like clubbing more in sobriety than I ever did when I was drinking. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was like so cool to like say to somebody who is looking for drugs, no, yeah. I have absolutely no idea where to get drugs. Bye. <laughs> yeah. And it's important for someone who is sober to sh share their experiences like that. Because if more people want to become sober as well, they you're showing them that they can have fun without it. A hundred percent. I feel like a lot of people assume that because they're sober, they would have to stop enjoying things like dance clubs. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 no. That's that's not how it works. Um, you have to. I mean, like I always had a sober buddy with me, 
you know, like to make sure, like just in case, like I was like triggered or something, like I would have somebody be like, hey, let's go home. Or you just can always leave. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. And But that's also like a confidence thing. People feel like they can't um, leave a situation because if they left, then they'd be missing something. And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm okay. I can walk away whenever I need to walk away. Like my life is fabulous and full and mm -hmm. I can be like, peace, thank you. Also at a certain point in the night, no one realizes that you're leaving because yeah. they're wasted. I was like, oh my God, my friends are going to miss me. And like, they don't know you're there or not there at this point. It's three in the morning. Just do whatever you need to do. <laughs> so it's fun. I like, I enjoy clubbing sober it way a lot. Yeah. So much fun. Another thing you enjoy doing a lot is soul cycle or <gasps> fitness and working out. I love soul cycle. <laughs> I'm going there in an hour. I'm really excited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which one do you go to? Now we're going to 19th Street, but I, um, uh, I live in Chelsea, so I go to Chelsea, no mad 19th, and sometimes I'll like do anything that's on the queue. Yeah. So like even up to 83rd Street, 54th Street, I don't know, wherever. It's like, oh, Bryant Park, love Bryant Park. That's fun too. Yeah. Have you made it a priority to always, is it a daily thing? Is it like? <sighs> it was a daily thing, yeah. but like I am real skinny. Like, I'm like, you can, yeah, you can see my heart beating in my, like, left toe. So it's like, maybe I should, like, do it, like, a little bit less. But um, it's crazy. This transfer addiction, right? You know, mm -hmm. like, now that I'm sober, I'm like, I must do soul cycle <laughs> every day. But I also did it as trading for the AIDS life cycle. Yeah. So we did, uh, I'll, I will go to soul cycle four to six days a week. All right. Yeah. Is that why you have bicycles on your wrist? Yeah, the bicycle on my, <laughs> the tattoo that I have is for the AIDS life cycle. Me, Jason, and Armando, who biked as a team, mm -hmm. um, all got the same tattoo. And um, it bonds us not only in that experience. I think I'm going to get a bike each time that I ride. I'll get a different one, which is cool. But uh, yes, so. You have a have. lot of tattoos. How many do you have? I don't know. Um, Both of your sleeves are pretty mm -hmm. full. Six, seven. 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, wow. maybe? I have some catching up to do. I have one. 17. <laughs> I just found another one. 17. All right. My favorite's the Harry Potter one. Thank you. Deathly Hallows. Yeah. Dumbledore's handwriting. Then you have the Star Wars. Yeah. Rainbow Bright, Maleficent, um, more Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, Kabbalah, Aliens, uh, <laughs> Fox. The Jurassic Park Velociraptor skeleton. Do you go to the same place to get them all done? I do. Yes, the same guy, Romeo Lacoste. Romeo I love Lacoste. Him. Where is he? Amazing, LA. LA, California, dreaming. All right. Do you have any goals for new tattoos or any? Yeah, I'm gonna put the Enter Starship Enterprise somewhere on my left arm. Um, that's next. Isn't that huge? Yeah, or well, I mean, the next thing is going to be huge. I, I think it'll be in maybe in perspective, so it's not like the whole arm, but I don't know. Maybe it will be, but I definitely need the Enterprise on my <laughs> arm somewhere, probably in the front. Like, there's Enterprise. It's going to be so cool. <laughs> what else is cool is before we started the podcast interview, you did a very cool um, Jar Jar Binks impression. Oh, my God. Can we hear it again? Mr. Jar Jar Binks, Mr. is a humble servant. Excuse me. Monsters out there listening here also thinking a noise of power. Where's the use of the gorilla piece of trouble? <laughs> oh my gosh, how often do you pull that out at I parties? Mean, pretty often. Smeagol is actually more. I yeah. do Smeagol more, and it's way more terrifying, and people actually get very, very uncomfortable. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> 
Smeagol, why does it cry, Smeagol? Master hurts us. Master is to us. There, there, Smeagol. We told you he was tricksy. We told you he was false. Stupid fat hobbits. We like it raw and wiggling with those masters. I mean, it's. That's amazing. It's so good. I don't mind tooting my own horn. It's so good. Wait, have you done voiceover work before? <laughs> I have, but nothing to the level of where I want to do Ooh, it. The studios like, need to sign you up. I mean, seriously, like it's the most fun ever. Um, I went to like New Zealand and I got my one ring forged in New Zealand from the place where they made the one ring and I'm wearing yeah. it on my finger right now. Um, and when I was in New Zealand, I did that impersonation for everyone and they were like, we've heard lots of Smeagol's, but no one's as good as that. And I was like, thank you. I went to the wetter workshop. I went into the wetter workshop. I signed an NDA, so I can't tell you what I saw, oh. but it was amazing. And they were also impressed by my Smeagol. <laughs> I do it too, like fully running around on YouTube. Like I have a YouTube video of me, yeah. like in a loincloth, at the premiere of The <laughs> Hobbit, harassing people in a theater in full Gollum makeup. Whoa, it's intense. All right. Speaking of um, looks for red carpets, yeah, you're a staple on the red carpets now. Yes, you're at all of them: American Music Awards, Billboard Music Awards, VMAs, of course. Yeah. Duh. Um, anything on the schedule for this award season? Oh my God! Uh, you know. Uh, they come up so fast. I honestly don't think ahead. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense to to everyone. Like, doing, oh, he must have lots of things in his calendar. Honestly, I don't really think past like Soul Cycle this afternoon, <laughs> and then, therefore, like you know, like I, I don't even know what's coming up. But things do come up, and yeah. my calendar is always full. Mm -hmm. But like, I, I never really know what's next. That's a luxury. I know that. Like, mm -hmm. I don't have to like obsess over what's next because I know it's coming. Yeah. But like, so I'm sure I'll be at all the things. Mm -hmm. I just don't know. Especially the Grammys. <laughs> yeah, oh my God, Grammys. Yeah, for sure. I love the Grammys. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Who are you rooting for? Um, My sister. Of course. <laughs> Two nominations. Two nominations. Should have been a lot more. Right? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> there should have been so many more. So many more. But um, she should win the two that she's nominated for. I would hope for that. I mean, she deserves it. Mm -hmm. And 16,000 more. <laughs> Big year for both of you. What are some goals um, that you want to accomplish this year? What's next? What are some things that we haven't talked about that you want to bring up? Um, I want to go back to the stage. Um, I'm hoping one of the you know theatrical shows that I have in development move forward mm -hmm. um, or another big project that hopefully I'll be able to talk about soon. I think that's for sure happening, but I just can't talk about it yet. But I'm excited to return to the stage because yeah. um, I love live theater. It's just the best. Um, and do more reality TV too, because I also love that. Um, and it's been a while since I've been uh, behind the reality TV cameras. Are there any specific shows you want to like be on? Survivor? Or... I, I used to want to be on Survivor, yeah. but like I don't know if I want to be on Survivor anymore. <laughs> um, it just seems too tough. Like I don't yeah. want to like be outside. You know, I don't want to be sleeping with bugs. Survivor indoors. Yeah, seriously. I mean, I do really good with like the, you know, hunting and foraging and like eating nuts part because I'm good at that. <laughs> but like, that's about it. I don't, I don't, and I'd be good at the gameplay and the strategy, but I don't want to be bit by bugs. If I could be doused or like injected with a chemical that would make it incapable of me being bit by bugs, I would go in a heartbeat. <laughs> like, really, I would. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, I don't know. 
maybe I'll start my drag career and be the next person on Drag Race. Do you have a drag name picked out? <laughs> well, I was in a show um, called Pageant the Musical, mm -hmm. which is where my drag career was born, but it was for a role and I was playing a woman, but it's Consuela Manuela Rafaela Lopez. Oh, wow. And she was pretty fantastic. I might stick with Consuelo. Okay. Yeah. I like She's that. fierce. <laughs> She's super fierce. All right, your, your career has skyrocketed over the years. What's some advice for the entrepreneurs who are listening who want to kind of elevate their careers to the next level? I mean, honestly, like, find your brand. Like, I'm very brand specific. Like, it's Shine Bright Like a Frankie. When people throw shade, Shine Bright or Go Grande or Go Home. Like, that's my brand. Everything that I do comes back to that brand mm -hmm. mark that I have created. So I think the people, when they are trying to do too many different things that are kind of like scattered in focus, that can be a little bit difficult for when you're trying to develop your entrepreneurial relationship with the world. So stick to your brand, you know, like find a very clear identity. What are you trying to do? Not beyond like sell. I feel like a lot of people like when they're like, you know, entrepreneurs, they're like, I want to make money. Yeah. Great. Good for you. Two doesn't. But what are you trying to do? What is your objective? What is your purpose on this planet? How are you going to make a difference in this world? Those kind of things. Mm -hmm. Those questions, I think, are something that you should always think about. Um, and again, like just have a clear through line and um you know be prepared for lots of rejection i feel like people get very discouraged and you can't get discouraged i, I mean you can absolutely you can but then pick yourself up mm -hmm. and dust yourself off and like take another swing at it because building a business is hard building a brand is hard um you know being an entrepreneur is hard that's why a lot of people don't do it but for the people that want to, like you just have to keep keep at it over and over and over again. You have to face those lows to feel those great highs. Exactly, yeah. How are you gonna know what being on top is if you've never been on the bottom, mm -hmm. you know? Awesome, that was a great way to wrap it up. Thank Frankie, you. thanks so much for stopping by the 1.37 p.m. podcast. <gasps> and thank you so much for having yeah, me. Congrats on all your successes and we look forward to seeing what you do this year. Me too. <laughs> thanks for having me again, you guys. This was awesome. awesome. Shine bright. This is 1.37 p.m. Own your future. Start this minute. 1.37 p.m. is a Gallery Media Group original production.